The Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the first 14 verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You, O oh God, are the living word made flesh in our midst. May the words we share reveal your light and life in our hearts. Amen. I recently started watching Call the Midwife. I'd like to say it was because I knew I was going to be preaching on Christmas and I wanted to get in touch with babies being born and get the Advent spirit. But really, my mother-in-law, who we share Netflix with, was watching it and it popped up and looked interesting. What it is is it's a BBC show based on the memoirs of Jennifer Worth. She worked as a nurse midwife in the 1950s on the East End of London. And so the show is based off of her experiences working with sisters at the, at the Nanatus house and taking care of people in this overcrowded area. So while it's been about 17 years since I've seen a baby being born in real life, Sorry, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> so it's been about 17 years since I've seen a baby being born in real life. And so this show has helped me kind of capture those emotions that are there. There's the hope for the little one to come, for the little one to thrive, to make it. There's the confusion of a first time mother or of an unexperienced midwife. There's fear for mothers mother and baby survival, and then there's the call and response of the midwife giving calm instructions and the mother moaning in the pains of labor. But then the moment of birth, 
the celebration, the excitement, the relief of all as the midwife clamps the umbilical cord, wraps the newborn baby in a towel, and before handing it to its mother, looks gently down at it with joy, reflecting the emotion of all of those in the room. The babe, whether crying or silent, is greeted with tears and embrace and words of welcome. We have been journeying to Bethlehem to see this very moment, to experience all these emotions and more, looking at a child laid in a manger. We come to adore this intimate moment, and we sing the lullabies together at the crib. Our voices join with all of creation, singing of this great joy to the world. And how fitting that in the season of song, the text that we read is a hymn, the prologue of John, and then the reading that John read for us earlier, the Christ hymn in Philippians. These hymns, both in the scriptures today and the songs that we've been singing this season, are of the great mystery of the incarnation, the word made flesh, the Christ child laid in a manger for us. The prologue of John is a song declaring the good news. The divine word who was with God in the beginning is the word that called out to all creation to become. Word imagined as spoken in Genesis 1. Word revealed to us this day in the Christ child. The word is the call that rings out through all times and all places to everyone. The word invites us to become and we respond in our becoming in the image of our creator. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. All things, all people, became through this divine love that is most perfectly displayed by this Christ child. And because we all came into being in his image, the image of the Christ child is within us all. John invites us into the song of Christ as one who came and was not accepted. The one who knows our fears, shares our tears, shares all our experiences. We each have a longing to connect, to be a part of something greater than ourselves. We often know that this world does not accept us either. We long for a shared experience and that is the center of the nativity story, the story of God with us, shared experiences at the core of our salvation. It's the heartbeat of the story of God's love for all. It's the story of God's love displayed in the word becoming flesh and sharing our experiences even unto death. And our story starts with a call for us to welcome the Christ child who entered into our nature, into our sufferings and trials, into our lives by becoming a helpless babe. But to welcome him, we must welcome the Christ child found within us. The midwives of the East End work within a world of surprises, but there's still order. They see patients in the clinic, 
They plot their course. They know when the due date is coming and they make preparations. They have a schedule of on-call and they know who will go out when the phone rings. There's something within all of us that likes a clearly defined role. Having your work cut out for you or your niche. And there's something fulfilling about finding what you hope will be there. These women are drawn to, the, to those that are expecting. So when they see a woman who is pregnant, they know, I can offer some help, some assistance. I know what's going on here. I can give guidance. We, too, are drawn to those who are visibly expecting. Not expecting children, but those that are on the brink of birthing joy and love and peace. The ones who are on the brink of birthing kindness. The ones who are feeding the hungry the ones who are speaking for the oppressed, the ones on the verge or even in the process of delivering change and love into this world. We're drawn to them because they're so close at breaking through with Christ's light. We're quick to provide resources and pray for the work of those who are providing food and shelter, for those who are working to end slavery, and those who are providing comfort to refugees. It's work that is at the nine-month point. Delivery is coming, and it is coming soon. Yet our nativity scene down here would be a little bit sparse if it weren't for the shepherds taking a risk on the unexpected. To the passerby, Mary didn't seem like she was about to give birth to the Christ, to the Messiah. Surely, the King of kings and the Lord of lords would come in a bigger way. And even though we do not have to take the risk that the shepherds did to go and see if it was true, because we gather in large numbers on Christmas Eve and we worship the Christ child who is already in a manger yet also already ascended into heaven. We believe that this baby is the real deal. It's faith, but it's faith after the labor. All things come into being through him, and the word became flesh and lived among us. With the hymn of John sounding in our ears, we ask with the faith of the shepherds this day, if the Christ child can be born in a seemingly ordinary context, then can the Christ child be born among us again? What has come into being in him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The Christ child is being birthed all around us in new and unimaginable ways. But the uncertain is messy and scary, the fear of what is different or other from us is a normative. It's common thread in our culture. The labor pains of the unknown can seem extreme. While the help is needed, we, like an unexperienced midwife, might feel incapable of actually helping. We might not want to take that burden upon ourselves, unsure of what will come, or even fearing we might just mess it up. Is part of our unwillingness to partner with the labor of the unknown, also because we're afraid 
if we get close to their darkness, we might have to get close to our own. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Darkness is a time of messy transition. This is a time that is marked with fear and pain. But as Katie told the children last night, God does some of the best work in the dark. The darkness in creation, where God drew us all from. The darkness of the womb of Mary, where this Christ child was born. Darkness is a time of great work. But darkness itself is an absence. It's the absence of light. There would be no darkness if there wasn't light. It's what makes the candles contrast so well in a pitch black room. It's what makes the promise of light surest, even in the darkest of places. Darkness is an absence. It is an opening. It is a space for something to happen in. For God to fully enter into our existence, the Philippian hymn says, Christ emptied himself to take on the form of a babe. Fully God and fully human, yet he set aside his divine privileges to be with us. For us to embrace the Christ child within us is to strip away our own privilege, who we are, who our culture has taught us to be, the privileges we are blind to even, the things we cling to to prove that we are of a particular status. For us to embrace the Christ child is to make the space so that we can live into the image of God imprinted on our hearts. This self-emptying, creating this space protected with love and surging with divine desire. This was what the womb of God was in the beginning when the word was with God. This was the womb of Mary when God invited her to partner in the great story of love. This is the womb inside the divine word, making space to become fully like us and be with us and before us. This is the darkness of God entering our every existence, even unto death on a cross. This is God ever present with us in our own times of darkness. Even times when we're not emptying ourselves, but we're being emptied by the world, by loss of life or relationships or role, illness and accidents, crimes and words fueled by hate or fear. Even in that emptying, the promise is the Christ child is within us. And when we don't have the strength to create the holy space of great work, Christ is there even still, a light shining in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Christ is in the hearts of our neighbors who are called just as we are to reflect the presence. They are a light in our darkness. This word become flesh and self-emptied. It embodies for us what humanity is supposed to be like. Jesus is the greatest example we have. And to look at the Christ child within us to even think of ourselves as a Christ child, 
It's not to think highly of ourselves, but it's a holy invitation to think of ourselves as the way God does. The way God asks us to think of ourselves. To be who God created us to be and who God calls us to be. This is the call of Jesus to us each. Create a place where our preconceived ideas, our loops, our worldviews can open up and a space can be created in the shape of the Christ child. And then, in turn, we can respond to the Christ child and others. How beautiful to be a midwife with a mother after going through such emotions to hand that baby to her. That's God with us, and that is who we are called to be to each other. The true light enlightens all the world is come, that we may see Christ in us and around us. For us, it may be as much an act of compassion for ourselves as it is to look to others. Allowing ourselves to desire comfort and to receive it from others, to even extend it to ourselves, is seeing the Christ child more clearly reflected in us. That desire within us to be comforted, to not feel alone, to be held and to be sung over in the same way we imagine Mary singing over the baby Jesus. That's the div divine desire found in Christ that birthed all of creation. And that same adoration and compassion that we bring this day is how God feels for us, for all people and for all of creation. Nurse Lee is sent to a home or what appears to be a home made out of an abandoned building, not because a baby is being born or a mother is going into labor, but because there has been a woman who has been ill, but they're not sure. She smells and she's raggedy looking, so they send Nurse Lee there. She goes in, not very happy that this isn't what she's trained to do, and ends up getting punched when trying to take this woman's pulse. So Nurse Lee goes back to Nanata's house to tell the sisters, I can't do this, it's not gonna work. And a nun accompanies her back, thinking, I'll show her this can be done, we can take care of this woman. The nun, putting on the full airs of her presence and going in there, gets punched in the face as well. So after she gathers herself, she all of a sudden engages in almost crude elementary joking with this old woman. And a connection is made. She put aside who she was and a connection was made. The woman starts to trust the nun and even Nurse Lee. And there's a moment when Nurse Lee is helping this woman who has not had a bath for years, whose shoes have been hardened and stuck to her feet, as she slowly and gently undresses her and lowers her into the bathtub, a single 
soprano voice sings out, O come, O come, Emmanuel. For that is the word becoming flesh and living among us. That is the Christ child in you and the Christ child in us all.